Hey everyone, Joe here from the Modern Heathen Man. I was looking for some new stuff for my beard, and I was looking around and I wanted something my wife would like as well. I was looking for a good product that didn't leave my beard feeling greasy, that nourished it and kept it moist, and had a good scent to it as well. Um, so in discussing with my wife, we tried a few different things, and I found this wonderful heathen place called Beast Curiosities. Now, they don't just offer beard oil. They have quite a few different products available through them. Um, you definitely want to go ahead and check them out at BeastCuriosities.com. But I specifically tried the beard oil. Um, I tried Hell's Respite. I tried Tears Loyalty. And I tried, give me one second, Yord's Wilderness. All of these were really great beard oils. They all had wonderful scents that lasted a long time and would stay with me throughout the whole day. They nourished my beard and kept it good. And they also made it that it felt nice and was good to smell. And other people around me liked it quite a bit. So when you actually get in their oils, they tried really hard to produce an oil that does what it says it's going to do while nourishing your beard as well. They tried a few products till they got the great one together, and they call it their magical beard oil. I will tell you, it is magical. It smells great. Even after going to the pool with my wife for about three hours, my beard still smelled great and felt great. So, with that said, I'm going to tell you to go ahead and check them out. Again, they're not only beard oil, but Beast Curiosity is a place you want to go. BeastCuriosities.com. You can also email him and check out his products at Beast at beastcuriosities.com. They have a Twitter account at BS Curiosities, and you can also find them on Facebook at facebook.com slash beastcuriosities. You definitely want to go out and get some of this if you have a beard. It is a wonderful product, something great to use. My wife and her friends all love this product quite a bit. So go ahead and get it if you get a chance, guys. It's a wonderful product. Thank you, guys, and have a great day. Hey everyone, Joe here from Modern Heathen Man. One of the most important things for our rituals when we get together is, of course, the mead. Mead is a, a mix of things that we put together. We can add fruit to it. It could be just honey, so on and so forth, but we use it every single time. I make my own mead. I know what kind of a sacrifice it takes to make all the work involved in it, all the time involved to let it do what it needs to do, for it to set properly, for it to age, and all the good things that make meat good. When we're out looking for meat, it's really hard to find a good meat because meat takes a lot of effort to make, a lot of time, a lot of understanding. And you can make just a regular meat, but it doesn't always taste good. And those people that make meat understand what I mean. Those people that drink mead really understand what I mean. So when we're heathens and we're looking for mead, one of the things we want to look for is somebody that understands the gods, understands what is needed for our rituals, for our kindreds, somebody that also holds frith with the ancestors, the gods, and the Ein Yar. Friends, if you're looking for someone like that, I have found a place for you. It's called Ravenwood meadery. They are both heathen. They are a heathen-run business. And just like you and me, they take pride in their mead and what they do. They hold frith continually with the gods and the ancestors. They produce a really good product with fruits in it, spices in it, and just plain old ordinary mead. 
They also have horns and other things available, and they're always running specials. You can find them at ravenwoodhuntsville.com if you'd like, and they are a great place. Let me tell you, some of the best mead comes from them, and I know that for a fact because they hold thrift. If you're looking for mead today, you can find them online on Facebook under Ravenwood Meadery, or you can look them up online under ravenwoodhuntsville.com and get their mead list. Guys, I'm telling you, it's a wonderful thing. Heathens helping heathens build their businesses is what it's all about. I want to thank you guys for joining me for this small little commercial and tell you to have a great day. Hi everyone, Joe here from Modern Heathen Man. I'm here with Kelly today. Hello. And we are going to do the next installment of Modern Heathen Man. I thought a lot about what we were going to talk about today and I want to go off the last topic and i know it's really short since i did the last one it's only been what two days yesterday 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 okay so um with that said i wanted to add some stuff to that but i didn't want to give you a big long episode so what i want to talk about today is building an altar to those things that are closest to us in our path so the gnomes the whites um, things of that nature. Actually, give my black book back there, man. Um, so we're going to go ahead and go over some of those, and that's what we're going to talk about today. So grab yourself a cup, grab yourself a horn, grab yourself some mead, grab yourself some hot chocolate, some beer, whatever you'd like to grab oh, today. Hot chocolate I know, whatever you'd like to grab today, and go ahead and join us for a modern heathen man. So in the last episode, I talked a little bit about um, going ahead and starting to really look at those things which are closest to us in our path and those things which help us along, okay? So, mainly today I want to talk a little bit about house spirits, okay? Um, most people don't talk about house spirits in the heathen community because it becomes really muddled down, muddy, and not understandable, okay? So let's start by saying, let's make some quadrants, okay? You have the inside of your house, you have the outside of your house, and then you have the external world. Now, if you wanna make these three separate quadrants, what you'll have is the house itself and inside of it. The walls are the beginning of the first quadrant. The fence, if you have one that goes around your yard or your property line, you could do as the second quadrant, and then anything beyond that is the outside world. So it'll make it pretty easy. Your inning garden is anything within your property line. Okay? Now things can affect you personally within that because this is where you spend most of your time. But then there's inside the inning garden, which is your private space, which we would call your home. Okay? And inside the walls of your home. And then you have your Uten Garden, which are the things in the outside world which affect you. So, with that all said, we're going to talk of a few things about some things that go on both inside and outside and touch base with some of those. So, the first thing I want to say is almost every culture in the world has a fairy, little person, gremlin, gremlin, 
Gnome. Gnome, the people of the forest, whatever you want to call them. Every culture has them. So it's not that it's just unique to our culture. It's the understanding that there are things in this world which are beyond our control, and they believe them to be acted upon by small creatures that, to be honest with you, infest our world. Um, once again, if we go back to the Tolkien universe and the universe he wrote about, we can hear all those different types of things there. And all those different types of things that affect us and everything from the golems to the um, orcs. The ants and... Right, everything like that. Um, but mainly every culture has them. You know, you have the leprechauns, you have the, the gnomes, the you have the, the fairies, yeah, the wisps, the, you, you name it, they have them. Okay, even Native American cultures have the little people of the forest that you leave um, offerings to when you go into the forest to appease them. So with all that said, we need to begin to look at how these things affect our walk on a daily basis and what we need to do to appease them. Okay, now in Native American culture, you leave some corn, you leave some beans, you leave some tobacco something that means something one of the three sisters you leave there or all three sisters you leave there for them to enjoy corn beans or squash um, in doing so you appease them and bring goodness to your village and goodness to your family through doing that or get a success, uh, successful hunt or something of that nature wasn't apples another thing you could leave for them too because yep. they like the sweetness of the yep. apples. apples and things like that honey um, you just have to use your your thought process as to what they would like Anything shiny, anything glittery, anything beautiful that we would consider worthwhile and beautiful to collect, they do as well. Um, one of the things in our tree outside of our house, for some reason, it's full of Mardi Gras beads. Now, <laughs> it wasn't when we moved here, but it is now. <laughs> so, I don't complain about that. I, I don't know if it's the crows or if it's the little people, but it's full of it out there and I don't mind. Because it means that something out there is enjoying the tree. Um with that said, we have to acknowledge them, you know, see where they are. We did that with our old house. So we found this dead tree branch that was huge. Remember that? Yeah. And we put it outside. We had like this little outside living room section. And somebody gave us a bunch of Mardi Gras beads and we hung them all over the tree. And it looked really cool, but it also helped keep those spirits, the fairies, whatever you want to call them, Kept them happy because nothing got stolen or misplaced in the house at that point. Right. And we do have to remember that these are both good and bad spirits. They have both attributes just like we do as humans. So not all brownies are good brownies. There are some bad brownies. Not all leprechauns are good leprechauns. There are some bad leprechauns. And I think it's you have to understand a lot of it is mischief. It's not always necessarily meant to be bad. Right. It's more meant to be, I'm playing a trick on you. Yep, yep. But they, they are bad either way. Oh, I mean, yeah, they'll cause mischief. Yes, causing know? mischief. Right. And fairies are mischievous. Like bored know? children. Yes, yeah. yeah. That's a good way to explain it. They're right. bored children. Right. They, they want shiny things and pretty things. Right. And... Well, I was going to say, why are they bored? Because we're not giving them the things that they deserve to have right. to be happy. Right. So we have to look at that. In Irish culture, you put out a bowl of milk for the fairies. Right. Well, it's not just a bowl of milk. It's anything worthwhile. Right, but that's what they like to drink. Right. So you put out a bowl of milk for them to appease them. That's right. one of the things you can do. Okay. So, I mean, we have the brownies, which are the elves, or 
the, the Dobbins or anything you want to call Red them. Red Caps. There's so many different names Right, for there's them. so many different names for um, them. So that's the first one. One of the books I used to have, and I, I want to find another copy, is um, Brian Froud's Book of Fairies because it explains so many different types of fairies from so many different cultures. So many elves and whites and things like that. It explains the different different variations and different types of little people that are out there for us to explore. Right. One of the ones within the Norse culture themselves are called the Donavoy. They're just like brownies and they're just like spirits like that. The only difference is they're stuck within the home. They cannot leave the walls of the home. The only way they can is connected to us or with us or something that we have. So in Norse culture, they had what was called um, the um, Donavoy Pillar. And that pillar would travel with them from house to house. And as long as they would appease these um, brownies or spirits or whatever, they were able to take them from home to home and they would do good things within the home for them. And the pillar would travel with the family from home to home. I like that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, I like that. Yep. So we have a couple other, um, the house fit here, you know, the, the, again, they're the spirits of the house, you know, that is a little different. That is something that is already there that we don't move. Like I'll give you a case in point. If you ever go to look at a house and you get inside and you're like, Ooh, this house really calls to me. I really like this house. That's the house fit here saying to you, this is a place where you belong. We're good. We want you here. We like you, and you like us. But then if you go to a house, and you're like, I don't like this place. There's something about it I don't like. Nine times out of ten, is the who's for kid were not paid. They were not taken care of. They were not venerated. So they don't want nobody there. They want to be left alone. And this is the eerie feeling you go in when you feel a house, and it feels weird and stuff like that. A lot of people don't understand how they are stuck there, but they are. They're stuck doing their chore here, okay? And then, like I said, you have the ones that are in the house, and you have the ones that are in your inner garden, which is your garden, your inner garden that's outside. So, um, with that, you have your garden gnomes. Um, those are actually called nisi in our in our culture. Um they, they fill a niche specifically. And like I, I told, said on the other one, I was talking about the um, the thing Will Ferrell, um, Euro, Eurovision, Eurovision, you know. And they bring light to it and they, and they make it funny. But in all honesty, that's a real place where those little houses are. And they were built there I for these I was going to actually BC. talk about those because yeah. they have them not just in people's gardens and stuff. But right. they have them in random wild spaces in, in Iceland. So you'll walk down a road and there's... Little houses for the elves, for the out and for the Uten garden, mm-hmm. just out there. And it, the, you know, the girl believes in elves so much in this movie that she goes, anytime something goes bad, the elves they've gone too far. Yeah, the elves have gone too far. <laughs> it's funny. Or they've not gone far enough. And, and, and you know, nobody really believes in them as much as she does. But when things start happening for her and Will Ferrell in the movie. They make their appearance. They make themselves known to them and to others around them. And, you know, yeah, it does kind of make fun of it. But it also puts in perspective that there may be something out there that, you know, if you believe in it enough, it'll come to help you or hinder you or whatever. But it's there. Right. And there's one other version that I want to talk about. And it's called a 
Kambold. And the Kambold are the people, are the little people, I don't want to say infest, but that live in the effigies of the gods that we create and take care of them for us. Like, ironically, we have this Thor made of a block of oak that I made when we first moved to... When we first to, moved to Al Alabama. Yeah, we first moved it. to Alabama five, six years ago, almost seven years ago now. And it's the only one that survived in the rain and the snow and in the cold and the heat. All the other ones became, I don't want to say much, but kind of deteriorated to nothing. And this one survived that we brought it with us here and it sits on our porch again. It's also the one you bled on. Right, it's also the one that cut me, yeah. So with all that said, <laughs> you know, they inhabit those things and we got to remember that they're there. So with all those pieces of that, you also have your house whites, which are the people that take care of your home with you and for you. You also have your yard whites, which do that. And um, the kybolt are also what is known as the garden gnome. This is where our garden gnome concept comes from, to be honest with you. These are the people that tend to our garden when we're not there. These are the little people that do the things that we need for them to do. So, as I explained in the last episode, if something in your life has a spirit. You know, our forefathers, when they looked at the world around them, believed that everything had a spirit. The river had a spirit. The grass had a spirit. The tree had a spirit. The rock had a spirit. Even the idea of the blowing wind had a spirit. And if we take all those for granted like we do, because we live in a world of science and we live in an age of understanding where rocks come from. We live in an age of understanding where wind comes from. We live in an age of understanding that all these things are this, that, and the other thing. But we have to still understand that within those things, there are spirits. And if you're any way in the paranormal field, you know spirits like to attach to things. But who's to say that that spirit in that rock isn't somebody that was here before and is now within that rock? So these are things that stand out to us. And when we build an altar to these little people, we have to understand what we're building the altar with. So it can't just be a piece of board from, I don't want to say Home Depot and be happy with it, but that'll do in all honesty. You know, if, you're, if the intent is there, it will do. But what we want to do is we want to look for things that mean something to us that have those spirits. Like bring a branch in from outside that might have fallen off of the tree and put it inside for the housewives to enjoy, for the houseveteer to enjoy, for different things within your home to enjoy, just like you will. And then change out the altar often, clean the altar often. Um, leave them offerings of small foods and things that aren't going to go bad so quickly, but keep an eye on them just in case. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we need to start building them a space and acknowledging them and understanding that they are part of our lives. Um, shiny gold coins or shiny silver coins would easily pay, or pardon me, easily pay the Utengarden um, and Inengarden houseveteer that are in your home. Yeah. You know, just bury them in the yard. Say, you know, I'm dropping this for you guys. I want to pay you. These are some shinies I have that I'd like to give to you. And drop them in your yard. Let them have them. Yeah, I think when, when we moved to our house, like when we moved in Alabama, when we moved to our first house in Alabama, we, we buried some coins. Right, in the, I paid in the, the land, yes. And then 
when we we left them there, we moved to another spot in Alabama, and we did the same thing. And then when we moved here, we did this. And one of the mm-hmm. first things we did, I paid the land. We paid the land for right. living here, and we've actually been pretty happy here and right. stuff. So things have been going well. Um, but you you do things like that to help. I leave little coins on my personal altar inside mm-hmm. for the fairies and and the housewives and things like that. Right. And you know, occasionally one will go missing or one will <clears throat> go here, and I'll just replace it. Yep. And that's the way it should be. We should leave things for them, offering to them different things here and there. We need to build a space for them with maybe a little symbol of them, a little symbol of something, a little shell for an offering plate. Whatever reminds you of them or their type of thing, we need to start leaving for them. Little rocks, little trinkets we might see when we're out and about. or Feathers. Feathers and things like that that we think that they might like. Um, With all that said, this is how we begin to become closer to the walk that we're on. This is how we begin to build happiness within our house and within our yard. Um, If you don't have a space in your home, build one outside. Um, get a, go over to Walmart, get a couple gnomes and put them on your porch or put them on your, you know, side out there or something I, like that. Just so that they guard and just say you understand that they're there. I've seen things like this, like little fairy garden items, even a Dollar Tree and stuff. I, mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be something you spend a lot of money on. It doesn't have to be something extravagant. Just acknowledging that they're there with something. You can even make something I was gonna say, I, that, you, that they're there. When we first moved to our house in Alabama... I found an old hollow log piece, and I put a roof on it, I put a front on it, I made a little door, I made a little window, made the whole thing really nice, and it stayed in our yard, and then one day it just up and disappeared. No, we had it until almost right before we left. Yeah, it was in the yard, it just disappeared. No, no, we burned it, it was in the burn pile, because it was falling apart so badly. Yep. Okay, I'm sorry. We couldn't, we couldn't take, you know, we couldn't bring it with us. We couldn't, you know, do much with it. It was literally like ant eaten. Yeah, but all, yeah, I was going to say all the little trinkets and everything on it were gone. They just, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those things disappeared, but the the base of the house was still there. We just burned it. Right. And it was kind of one of those things we're leaving this property. You're welcome to come with us. Right. Or you can stay. You're welcome to stay. But. We don't want you to live in a dilapidated house anymore. Right, right. So, you know, you're more than welcome to our home. So we need to build them a small altar either outside or inside, maybe a small little home. You know, little things here and there that mean a lot to them, but not very much to us. You know, the little trinkets here and there. And leave the little trinkets now and then hang them in your tree. Say, you know, this is for you guys to get and, you know, have some fun with or whatever. And, you know, I thought about you today and here it is. And plant flowers for them and different things that things that they would like that would help them come to your house. And as far as the bad ones go, the more good ones you have, the less bad ones you have. Right. And leave spider webs alone yeah. in your yard. That's one thing. If you can if you can leave the spider webs alone, they love spider webs. Mm-hmm. They love seeing the shiny, and the spider webs help catch the bad ones, too. Right. So they get kind of stuck in there. But the good ones like them. They, they like the dew on them in the morning, and they'll drink the dew off of them in the morning and stuff. So we have a couple of the uh, orb weaver spiders out yes. on our tree, and they're so pretty. I like the spiders anyway, but they're so pretty, and and the uh, the webs are so beautiful, and I love seeing them early in the morning when I get up and get ready to go and stuff like that because they're covered in dew, and they're just it, to me that's magical. Right. The only thing I will recommend is to keep cats out of your yard. 
They don't like cats. <laughs> I so, know some do. Some ride yeah, the cats. Yeah, I know, but some cats like to beat them up and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, that's but, true. You know, just keep a harmonious yard there, if you will. And with all that done and with all that said, and it'll make a nice little uh, getaway for them. And I bet you'll see, I don't want to say blessings for it, but I bet you'll see some blessings for it. Some different things will start happening, and you'll see some nice stuff happening in your life and in your yard and stuff. So with that said, I want to hail the spirits, the whites, and the little fairies and everything that are around. Hail to them for helping us do the things we need done. And uh, I want to hail you for wanting to be a better heathen. Um, today is Thor's day, so hail Thor and his day. And um, you want to add anything, Kel? No, I think we're good. Okay, I want to thank you all for joining me for this episode of Modern Heathen Man. And look forward to the next one. Thanks, and have a great day. Bye-bye. Hey guys, Joe here from the Modern Heathen Man. How are you guys tonight? I hope I'm meeting you well. Anyway, I wanted to tell you guys, while I'm out traveling, it's not always feasible to carry my whole big altar box with me. So sometimes I like a little something in my pocket. And I found a great place to get that from. That's Odin's Beard Woodworking. Great little place out there. It makes small little pocket altars for you with candles and um, gods and everything in them, little sayings and such. Wonderful work that this man does. Cars everything by hand. He has a couple things going on here. He has little pocket altars that I'm talking about for $25. He has small DD poles of 5 to 6 inches for $40. 7 to 8 inches for $45. 9 to 10 for $50. And 11 to 12 for $60. He has 26 different deities to choose from and more coming every day. Your choices right now are Odin, Thor, Tyr, Loki, Freyr, Balder, Bragi, Hemdall, Njord, Fenrir, Ullr, Vidar, Hermod, Hel, Freya, Ostri, Scotty, Sif, Air, Frigg, Var, Thrud, Idun, Sigun, Ran, and Yord. That's a lot of different gods to choose from. So he can meet anybody's needs. Tell him what you want. You can go ahead and find him at www.odinsbeardwoodworking.com. He also has a Facebook page, and I know he does some stuff live every once in a while that you can actually watch him carve those things. Anyway, give him a good uh, look-see there and see if he has something that you can use. I guarantee his little pocket ultras will come in handy for you. So anyway, thanks, guys. Have a great night. Bye-bye.